This is episode 65, The Glorified English Teacher. And we're back with another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. I'm Deb. And here's our podcast. For the realistic SLP. Welcome. Welcome. It's our retirement episode, episode 65. <laughs> oh, that's why you said that. <laughs> yes, I had to explain. Ah. We're drinking a classy red wine mm-hmm. that Deb has provided us. It's called Rosa Regale, a sparkling red by Banfi or Banfi. And uh, it is very sweet, but not too sweet. No. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's a 2017 a quality aromatic sparkling wine. It's not that sparkling though, which is one of the right. bigger reasons why I like it. Mm-hmm. It has a soft and deliciously luscious red sparkling wine with charming hints of rose petals and raspberries. I definitely taste the raspberries and I really yeah. like raspberries. So that's probably why I like this wine. And it's not like overly sparkling and like your nose is not suffering as a result of drinking it. And uh, I don't yeah. have this like carbonation suffering that you go through. <laughs> <I don't Yeah. laughs> Perhaps that was a little bit of a hyperbole, but uh, you know, it just, mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't like the sparkling too much. Or maybe much. you're hypersensitive. Uh, yes. Therefore, I use the hyperbole <laughs> right, to yeah. equate with the hyper. Yes. It is a product of Italy and uh, it's imported by Banfi Vinters, which is in Old Brookville, New York. So I don't really get when they're like, oh, it's from it's an Italian wine, but it's from this part in New York. Maybe the grapes were imported from Italy and then they made it in New York. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. But drink it or sink it. What do you say? I vote drink it. I like it. I vote drink it, too. Cheers Cheers to our retirement. (laughs) Just kidding. We are nowhere near retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, this wine was gifted to me by my sister, Amanda. And um, thanks, Amanda. It was one of the wines that was featured at the Rosé Mansion and she remembered liking it. So then she saw it um, in the liquor store and then she wanted to have it again. See, that's why I liked it. You know, yeah, it's featured at the Rosé Mansion. I liked it. I, I was might impressed. go back. I might go back because it's like there's fall themed stuff at the Rosé Mansion now. Mm-hmm. You really like taking pictures, though, right? Oh, I love pictures. I like the whole thing. I liked being with my friends that day. I liked having the wine. They have Dumbo tacos there. Ooh. They are not a sponsor, but if Rosé Mansion wants to sponsor. Oh, yeah. They should they totally should. sponsor us. Yeah. Like, help us out. Yeah, I'm totally into it. So yep. I would drink it. Definitely drink it. Rosa Regale. And what are we having to eat? We're having a smooth brie cheese that pairs really nicely because this is sweet and the brie had like a smooth but not, it wasn't salty at all, this uh, cheese. And we have some strawberries here, some cucumbers, which we have learned are both fruits. Yes, they are. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're applying our knowledge. Yeah. And uh, definitely eat the cheese, definitely drink this wine. And we put the cheese on a Triscuit. Oh, yeah, Triscuit. Yeah, I like Triscuits. Triscuits <laughs> are good. I just stuttered. Resum- resemble a little bit like the food you give or gave the animals at the zoo. Yes, for yeah, sure. Someone said that to me mm-hmm. once and it kind of ruined Triscuits for me. And now I feel like I may have ruined people's experiences eating Well, I Triscuits. will continue to eat Triscuits. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just makes me think of like, oh, the smell in the zoo. If it's and good like, enough for a giraffe, it's good enough for me. Right. Well, I never saw a giraffe at the zoo except for at the San Diego one. But I'm oh. thinking more like the the lambs and the goats. Staten uh, Island Zoo. Staten Island Zoo. Yeah, we, we keep it low key. <laughs> We gave it low key I on Staten really Island. I do like the Staten Island Zoo. You do? Yeah. Is it because... Uh, also, everyone in my family is buried in the cemetery across the street. Okay. Well, so it's nice. It's like we're all there together. I feel like because we're talking about <laughs> retirement, you're like doing this now too? It's, no. It's no, just, that's okay. what I... Yeah, like it's like I know I'm in the right spot because that's <laughs> the entrance to... Because it's like, you to know, cemeteries exit. are big too. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you never remember, like, where your people are buried, do you? Is this what Greek people do? Greek people, do we bury people, yeah. Do you go visit their graves? Yes. You do? Okay. Yeah. So, like, do you ever, like, try to, you're like, oh, I'm going to go be a good person and visit this person's grave, and then you're like, wait, this place is really big. Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> where they're. You know where they are? Yes. My so. grandma's by, like, a big, giant pink tree, so oh. it, that's how I remember, and it's nice. across from the zoo entrance. Oh. So, if anyone wants to go visit her, <laughs> now you know where she's at. <laughs> 
That'd be an interesting experience. Yeah, well, listen to this podcast. <laughs> go visit and my we grandmother's gotta go grave. visit Deb's grandma now. <laughs> but I'm sure she would appreciate it. Yeah, why not? But so, anyway. Yeah, today we're talking about being a glorified English teacher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Touchy topic. Yeah. So, you know? let's, Maria, you yeah. talk about your perspective on this topic. Okay. First. So, so. I will give my perspective. Mm-hmm. I'll give my old perspective okay. of who I used to be, you know, okay. and who I am now. And, you right. know, that person is different. Okay. So when I, which I just talked about my grad school internship last episode. Right. So if you're confused right now, go back to that episode. Right. Yeah. So I worked in a special ed school, but I also did an internship for my undergrad and I was in a general ed school and uh, I did feel like the therapy was a lot of like reviewing for the state test while like reading store. I was like over reading comprehension by the time that internship was over <laughs> and like a lot, a large caseload, a lot of kids. I felt like I couldn't really get to know each kid that much, especially because I wasn't there like full five days a week. So I was just like, oh, who's this kid again? Like, oh, what's it? And I felt like I couldn't really get to know them that well. And the group sizes were, like, so much. But they were, like, well-behaved, but it was just, like, a lot of, like, bodies. Right. So, like, I guess there's a lot of bodies. A lot of bodies. Mm -hmm. A lot of bodies. So Mm -hmm. I felt like once I did my internship with the special ed kids, ABA, highly individualized. Like, you know each kid. You, like, know them, like, the back of your hand because you have them, like, every day. Right. Or you have a way smaller caseload. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I definitely like this. I definitely am doing special ed route 100%. And I kind of did feel a little bit like a glorified English teacher. Right. And that made you decide that you did not want to go the gen ed route. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Yeah. But yes. now that I've learned a lot more about the field and really through the podcast and through you, Deb, thank you. Oh, thanks. That uh, you, I'm noticing it a lot more also that there are a lot of kids I think that are like misdiagnosed or undiagnosed and like they're, have, they're still struggling even if they are in general ed, you know, they're receiving services for a reason and that they do have issues with like let's say like connecting the text to self or like the reading comprehension and like i'm starting to see more of like the reason why rather than just like i have to do this right because that's how i saw when i was an undergrad you know like what did i really know know. didn't know a lot of a lot of times like obviously kids need to be in the least restrictive learning environment yes so that doesn't mean that they don't have any issues whatsoever. Right. And what I find is that the kids with IEPs, they're really great at answering concrete text-based questions. Like, Mm -hmm. who are the characters? Got it. Where did it happen? Got it. But then it's like, why did they do that? And they break down. So anything abstract, anything that is like implicit where you have to use critical thinking skills and the answer is not found within the text, they struggle. I probably didn't see enough of that in my internship and not like blaming the SLP. It's because mm-hmm. I wasn't there long enough. Right. Yeah. And I, d- again, I felt like I was all scattered and cause she did have such a large caseload. I was like more like concerned about like, who's this kid? What's his goal? You what are we doing? Like, this is a disaster and it <laughs> right. seems too hard. <laughs> I want to do all this. A little bit. Yeah. I did yeah. think that I hear people talk about that on the internet and I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? 90 kids get out of town. Right. <laughs> like no way. Do you mean literally like pick a new town? Yeah. that has more caseload management obviously that town is going to keep doing that to you like <sighs> right i mean it's the district i don't know 90 kids that sounds crazy Insane. but i do know slps like that too and yeah i don't remember the caseload when i was an intern but mm-hmm. grads uh, undergrad but i don't think it was 90 but it was definitely more it was definitely more than like what i have now which i'm like kind of nervous to have right now people are gonna like hate me but right don't you have like 15 um maybe <laughs> Plus or minus. I mean, I 15. have 34 and this is my smallest and I love right. it. Yes. So I think I have a good, I like having 34. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry. What were but you I mean, you think of like, okay, it, you know, it's like everything used to give and take. Like they have 90 kids, but like there, a lot of them were verbal. A lot of them right. were able to come and leave the speech room all by themselves. Bye. See you later. Go to class. Right. These kids, you have to walk, make sure they're not running down the hallway. You know, like you're, right. you're on them, Right. The <laughs> you whole know? Time. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's a give or take. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think? Cause I know a lot of people well, have said that to you and 
I You've mean, I it. honestly don't care what anyone says. Right. But um, at the same time, I just think it's silly if anyone really thinks that, because if you are working on speech and language and that's what you're supposed to be doing, um, then you need to work on speech and language in a functional way. And the way in which a child is required to use speech and language within the school setting is, you know, within their school setting, like based on their curriculum and their academics. So if, it, if they have to be able to understand a story and then summarize the details, then that's what you need to work on. So I don't care if you think that's like, I'm not saying you, I'm saying yeah, general, yeah, no, you. No. The old but, me. Oh, yeah. you, could, you could speak to the old Maria right, right now. Yeah. Okay. So old Maria, I don't right. care what you think. Right. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically it's like, so they need to be able to also like, let's say everyone's got goals. Like, will recall details or will report on a topic what details and what topic if we don't read a story right yeah like, what are you well, going to talk about tell me about turtles that's ambiguous like we yeah. have to read something about turtles for you to be able right. to know that they are telling you accurate information about turtles right i don't know why turtles is my go-to i don't like feel that much about turtles hmm. but i do always use that as an example I well feel. it's a good random thing that right. we somewhat know about but there's probably more to learn about turtles right and you can't just be like tell me about turtles tell me about giraffes tell me about They're your green. day right because like even if you said something general tell me about your day you don't know what that kid did all day. i know yeah you weren't there yeah so that's not really a good topic no it's not let's get a cheers to turtles cheers, <laughs> cheers to turtles <laughs> i felt like you know we're just using them for our arguments they deserve a cheers yeah so oh. we talk later in this episode with the amazing Hallie Sherman from Speech Time Fun. And uh, she has a ton of literacy-based speech activities. And she and I talk about being a glorified English teacher. And, and you know what? I don't really mind that, oh, no, like I said. No worries. But also, like, why are we glorified and actual English teachers aren't? <laughs> I don't Look get at that. that. So Look like, at that. What makes us special? Yeah. Maybe we're just all mediocre. Right. I don't. <laughs> or maybe we're all special. Right. We're all special in our own ways. That's true. Um, I was sorry. I got a little distracted by this wine again. But um, yeah. I think it's so good, by the way. I'm just so excited about this wine. Oh, you love the wine. I do love the wine. Good. But what I had to say about that is usually when like people are like ah, glorified, glorified English teacher, they probably just don't have all the facts. Yeah, that's what I think that mm -hmm. is. And that's like because, you know, speaking as that old kind of per that I did have that perspective. Right. I didn't have all the facts. I didn't. I wasn't there at the internship long enough to really see like where these kids are struggling and how we have that expertise in speech and language right. development and functions of language and how the teachers presenting stuff and why they're getting lost and how, right. you know, like you want them to do text to self, but like if they don't have theory of mind, they're struggling with that. Exactly. So like we have to go back to just working on perspective taking and pragmatics. Like I right. think pragmatics but is that huge. that kid could be really high in math. Right. You know, I'm so sure he is. They're not, yeah. <laughs> so they're not presenting as somebody who like has a quote unquote disability. But then once you try to have like deeper level text interpretation, they struggle. Yes. So if you're feeling like I'm just a glorified English teacher, like you probably just don't have all the accurate information and aren't looking at like all the aspects because right. they're coming to you for a reason, right? Or they're exactly. struggling in school for a reason. And then in the um, gen ed environment, I feel like I am a huge resource to the gen ed teachers mm. and even the specialist yes, teachers. Yes, that's true too. Because we understand learning in a different way than these teachers because how much is every teacher going to know? It's like everyone's scope is broad. So people yeah. are constantly coming to me like, why is this person struggling so much? I'm like, well, they're struggling with they can't answer questions because they struggle with phonemic awareness, phonological awareness and orthographic memory. So mm -hmm. they can't break down sounds and they don't remember what words look like. Right. So they could answer those questions, but they can't because they can't spell. Right. They can't put it on print. They can't put it on print. So so it's not that they're not comprehending that question. They can't encode it or the opposite or they're the not opposite. they can write a whole bunch and they know their letters or the, right. let's say they know the sounds and they're but blah, 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 like right all of it. <laughs> but to condense all that and for them to you know um comprehend all the important and salient features right is maybe too much they need more organizational right you know? they might just do run-ons when we need like claim and 
evidence example claim evidence example something along the lines of that so organization yeah so it really depends yeah we're a great resource in all educational atmospheres and others as well i agree so glorified unglorified (laughs) speech (laughs) teacher (laughs) english teacher speech woman speech pathologist speech man speech man i like that whoever you are it's yeah. great. Speaking of speech men, our friend Eric Raj yeah. has created this really awesome website. It's called slpawards.us. Mm-hmm. And there's different awards on there that you can gift or buy for yourself. Why not? You deserve it. Exactly. For SLP awards like the Rockstar SLP, Nerdiest SLP Ever Award, Awesome AAC Skills Award. Data Love and SLP Awards are good ones. And if you purchase them online, you can get free shipping with our coupon code WINE AND CHEESE. All caps. That's right. And you know what? You should do that. Just brighten up someone's day, make them feel like the most wonderful, glorified English teacher there ever was. Yes. Now, before we get to our interview, Maria, I want to leave everyone with some concrete things that they can use for themselves in therapy. So we have examples of our favorite books to read with kids that kids are able to read and kids books that we like to read to them so they can listen to. Because there's a big difference. Just because a book is geared towards children doesn't mean that it's a book that's going to be easy for them to read. Right. Unless it's on their reading level, then then they can read it. Exactly. Right. But there are many books that are not. Wow. Right. So don't judge the book by its cover. That's right. That exactly. Open the point. it up. Read the words. Yeah. Whoa. If you see giant words like imagination. Frazzled. Yeah. There we go. Justly. I don't even know if that's a word. I or threw it maybe. out there. It yeah. could be. Okay. Go ahead. So my favorite book to um, have children read is Green Eggs and Ham. There's just so much repetitiveness. And I like could, would, and should um how that's repeated over and over again because that is not that's an example of a word when orthography and uh, phonology don't match so it's not easy to sound out that word so it's easy for them to see that repetitively and then maybe that will like go into their working memory and they'll form a reference because they've seen it over and over in that story um and then obviously there's also very tangible words that are repeated like ham and then things that rhyme with that. Um, and I like for kids to listen to. If I had to pick one book, it would be the Usborn book, All Better. And it's about a bunch of animals that get injured. And there's re- these repositional band-aids that you can like, you have to match the band-aids to the animal. It's a color and an animal. And then also you have to like put the band-aid on the injury and then say All Better. So it's a great book for speech. But if I picked a series, it would be all the pigeon books from Mo Willems. Cool. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So I like the kids to read the Dr. Brown, Can Moo, Can You, because there's a lot of nice speech sounds in there. You know, I'm like in terms of like a lot of good words you could prompt in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of words get the kids using their lips, using their articulators. So I like that book. Plus, it's just fun. You know, it's like animals. Who doesn't? I love working on animal sounds. Like right. with the like little ones, obviously. Not mm-hmm. like 15 year old. I'm not working on animal sounds. Right. Just want to specify that. And um, I do like uh, Dr. Seuss books, too. And Cat in the Hat yeah. is a good one. But that one is a little harder. It's harder than Green Eggs and Ham, yes. and it's longer. Yes, definitely long. And the, the thing about Green Eggs and Ham is that there's lots of pages that have, like, two to four lines, mm. and uh, The Cat in a Hat has a couple pages that it's, like, top to bottom, yes. which can be overwhelming yes, to kids. Yes, it can be. I've taped some pages together, because I'm like, all right, he's just he's really just hopping a lot on this oh, ball. Oh, that's my favorite part. I'm sorry, but just... Look at me. Look at me now. It is yeah. fun to have fun, but you have to know how. I can hold up the cup and the book and the cake. I can hold up the fish and the something the on the rake. rake. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. I, tr- I raise you with a rake. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then I like them to listen to, and I don't know, I might get a lot of feedback on this, the old lady books. Yeah. Listen, are they silly? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do the kids love them? Yes. Am I a little sick of them? Yes. But I just had to pick this because they're really great books. And there's a lot of like freebies online of different things you could do with them. A lot of people have adapted it. 
a lot a lot of adaptations you could do and uh i like that they rhyme still Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of vocabulary words in there that maybe aren't always the most functional sometimes but listen it's a good opportunity to learn some new vocabulary words Mm -hmm. you know and uh i like it and then it's the anticipation of what's gonna happen at the end like oh what do you think and like you know she's gonna obviously spit out all the things yeah and all the things are related to a certain theme like like fall yeah i like it's categorizing there's a lot of good stuff in the book so listen i don't fight it i said you Mm -hmm. know what the kids like it i gotta get over myself because you know most of them i have them like memorized at this point but i'm like listen they love it i love it that's it so do you use room on the broom no i will use it this year though i just uh, i will go to the library Mm -hmm. and i'll put it on hold and uh, i also want to put on hold there was no lady who wasn't afraid of anything so i'm gonna work on that so i'll uh i'll give you my opinion on those yeah i haven't used either so okay you let oh me know. i will i definitely will let you know then all right um so, so we have a commercial break yep. and then we have our interview that deb has done beautifully this episode of slp's wine and cheese is brought to you by slp toolkit Hey everyone, this is Deb, and I'm here with Sarah and Lisa of SLP Toolkit. Woo! We're breaking down 10 reasons why you need toolkit in your SLP life. So here we are with reason number eight. You are going to have quick access to goals, and you'll always know what to work on. I know I used to find myself scrambling right before therapy sessions, but not anymore. Well, I used to be the queen of having uh, my goals written on paper data sheets, and they tended to be pristine at the beginning of the year. And by like week three, I was scribbling them out and a month would go by and I'm like, oh yeah, we did have that meeting and these are the new goals. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. And the data sheets that don't have your goals visible, I never understand how anybody, you really know what all 65 students are working on? No, there's no way. You're a terrible therapist, Sarah, if you don't remember all of the goals. (laughs) No, everyone's just working on WH questions and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're ready to sign up for free, head to slptoolkit.com. And then when you're ready to subscribe, use the promo code wine and cheese, all lowercase letters to get $24 off the annual cost of toolkit or your first month free. Hey everyone, Maria and I of SLP's Wine and Cheese will be at the ASHA convention in Orlando, Florida in 2019. We will be at booth number 896. We'll be selling SLP t-shirts, so look out on our Instagram page to vote for your favorite designs. And come over and say hi and maybe, just maybe, we'll have some wine. We're going to see about that. Can't wait to see you there. Come visit. Do you want to brighten an SLP's day? You should head to slpawards.us. Eric Raj has come up with several designs, all ribbons that you can give to your coworkers or anyone special in your SLP life who needs a little pick me up. Yes, and if you enter the coupon code wine and cheese, all one word, all capitals at checkout, you can get free shipping. So as one of our listeners of SLP's Wine and Cheese, you get that great coupon code. Right, and I think the ribbons are about $6, so just for $6, you can brighten up somebody else's day. We all know that stress is a part of the field, so check out the website, slpawards.us, and help someone out today. And now an interview with Hallie Sherman of Speech Time Fun. Welcome back to Deb Talks. Today I have a very special person here with me, Miss Hallie Sherman from Speech Time Fun. Say hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course, thank you so much for doing this. 
I love it. I love being able to talk SLP talk. Okay. <laughs> and I know you came prepared. So before we even get into SLP talk, what are you drinking? I am drinking. I have to look at the picture of, of the bottle. I just... <laughs> Because the bottle is upstairs, uh -oh. but I am drinking Aquinas. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon from the North Coast. I don't know. It's what my husband picked up from the liquor store today. Good. That's good. <laughs> he, did, he accomplished something very useful for you. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. So all I'm drinking um, a sparkling sangria, really, because that's all I had. I don't love it. Um, on this show, we vote drink it or sink it to what we have. Drink it obviously means continue, and sink it means, like, drink it, but, like, you don't want that again. Um, I'm voting sink it on my Don Simon sangria. What do you vote on your wine? This is a good one, but I am a big red wine cab fan. Cab is my go-to, and I do love, you know, my California wines, so... My husband did okay on this one. I think we must have had this one before. I don't think he was that successful just by like picking a bottle by a label or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, we can pretend, you know, give people credit sometimes. <laughs> so today on this Dev Talk, I want to talk about the stigma behind being a glorified English teacher. Have you mm. heard anyone say this about being an SLP in the school setting? It goes two ways. Either people think all we, all we do all day long is work on the R sound and like, you know, fluency cases. They think we are just like speech teachers. Mm -hmm. Or you have the SLP who's like, I don't want to work on that because I don't want to be seen as, you know, a tutor, a reading teacher, a special ed teacher. Like, isn't that what they're doing in the classrooms? Like, I should not be working on that. And they get to find like that middle ground. like we're doing more than are, and we're speech and language, and language is reading, it's comprehension, it's vocabulary, it is all those same things that the teachers are working on. We just right. teach it in a different way, and I think a better way. So. I agree. <laughs> I feel like that 100%. Also, um, when you're in the school setting, I like being a speech pathologist in the school setting because I feel like I have the liberty to, as long as I maintain my integrity and I'm like helping everyone doing what I'm supposed to, I could teach them theoretically whatever I want in whatever capacity that I'd like to. So if I feel like someone's going to excel in a certain area, if everything is about turtles, then I could turtle it up. And that could be like what we do constantly. I don't have to adhere to a specific, like we don't have to read Cinderella. We don't have to read The Wizard of Oz. We can do turtles from September to June. Exactly. Like, we don't have a curriculum map. We yeah. don't have anyone giving us like a book that we have to read or a lesson plan that we have to follow, which right. also can lead to a lot of that open-endedness that can lead to overwhelm. Like, where do I start? But like you said, like go with their interests, go with what they're struggling with. Maybe take the reading book that they're doing in the classroom and struggling with, and we can teach it in a different way, in a way that they can actually grasp because we are working in a smaller group. We have that flexibility of time. And typically our students like feel comfortable with us. So they're willing to take those risks that they might not be taking in the classroom, especially when they're surrounded by other students that they know are also struggling. They might be willing to participate a little bit more and we can like, and I feel like a lot of my students when they're in the classroom, they'll just shy away and be those like quiet ones in the corner and they don't want to participate because they don't want their peers to know that what they don't know. So the teacher doesn't know what they don't know, but right. we can. And I, I, that's why I love being able to target these things because we can help them. I mean, in order for students to get speech in schools, it has to be in impacting them academically. Right. So shouldn't we be working on things that's going to, impact them academically exactly and if we are speech language pathologists then we need to target what's impacting their communication now the next step to communication after being able to speak and advocate and ask questions and understand is to now do that in written form and then increase in complexity in terms of like literacy poems and like figurative language things along the lines of that so it's just like if you had a child who was with pecs, you know, and they were excelling with five symbols, eventually you're going to need to like expand upon that. And this is just kids who are 
struggling within the gen ed setting, they can't keep up independently, but they don't need to be in a more restrictive setting, but they need help to use their language in the way that it's required academically. So clearly they're not able to meet the requirements of the classroom. That's why someone brought them up to the IEP annual whatever team and said, we need to get this student more help. They're not meeting the requirements of like their peers are in the classroom. So we can be that person. Um, like, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's all about finding ways to teach it differently than they're teaching it in the classroom. If we're gonna give them a book that they would have read in class, give them the same question that they would have gotten in class, why do we expect a different result? We have to teach it differently, present it differently, modify it, change up something so that they can be successful. And I also feel like with the kids that we see, because I'm also in Jenna and do a lot mm -hmm. of literacy stuff, I always put myself, I think about myself as a child and I, I have a very like vivid memory of that. And the first thing was that when I was in like first grade, I had a book that I memorized and I would pretend to read it. And because everyone was all like that, like, you know, she can read a book and I'm like, sure can. But like, I just knew like spaces were between words and it was called like what bunny loves and I memorized it. Um, and then I read in front of a class and I made so many mistakes. The teacher yelled at me. She was like, you said you were going to be ready and you weren't. And then I never read again until like I was in sixth grade. So I just feel like when I see those kids that struggle, I always think, okay, I memorized this book. So even though that was like not the greatest thing that happened to me, I can use that and teach kids to memorize books like that only a little bit. Like knowing these are different words. Like you can see bunny over and over again and then recognize bunny. And that gave me confidence that I could do something so that I can carry that over to something else. But then also within that group setting, it didn't really work because then I felt so embarrassed that I gave up. So I just feel like I wouldn't even, I would call me a glorified English teacher. I don't care because I feel like I can help because I understand what it's like to struggle in that way. No, definitely, definitely. And it's getting to their level, not like understanding where they're coming from and being that place where they can express those, you know, frustrations or, and learn those strategies, like, you know, and learn from your mistakes and your successes and, you know, it, and learn from each other, all their peers. It's, we have a awesome way to help our students. Like, that's why we do what we do. That's why we are in the schools so that we can help them and impact them academically so they can see how what we're doing in our little therapy closets can benefit them when they leave our closets, like. Right, yeah, and I feel like just giving them the privacy of being able to slow it down, break it down, have it repeated, is way more beneficial than the pressure of like having to complete something in front of a large group that's far more successful than you. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not fine with being called a glorified English teacher because, well, being SLPs being referred to as that only because it's like, well, why are regular English teachers not glorified? Like, they're doing well too. We're all we're all trying to accomplish some sort of goal. We just have different training, but our end goal is the same. We want our st students to succeed. And like, if you think about what, what is the classroom teacher doing? So like, I'm thinking in like the elementary school, maybe middle school, they're doing like what guided reading groups. So a teacher's with maybe a small group, but they have to get through every single student in a certain amount of per in a period because then they have to switch to the next thing. And then that next day, they can't go back to those students because they have to see another group. Right. We have that flexibility of like, if we don't finish, we do it the next time, like who cares? Like, right. so yes. yes, we might be glorified English teachers at moments, but we have some liberties that those English teachers don't. So why not use it to our advantage and say, yeah, I am teaching the same thing, but I'm teaching it in a different way. And no one's telling me what I can and can't do. So I'm gonna just do what's best for my students. Right, and we, we should, I think collectively, everyone should, be doing things that will benefit the kids in the classroom. So I, for instance, last year I had 
four fourth graders who were new to speech, and my school was kindergarten to fourth, so they didn't have speech last year. They were new to me, so they were later to the game. I don't know the reason why, but they came to me later. So they're doing the state testing, and all of their peers are writing persuasive essays, and we're working on sentences, and that might look like, oh, you should be working on essays because they're doing essays in the classroom. And I'm like, well, they're at the sentence level. When we get to the paragraph level, I'll let you know. So, so it, because they're expected to do that for a state test or for the grade level doesn't mean that's what they should be expected to do for that individual. And that's why there's IEPs, individual plans. But unfortunately, and I, and I feel for the teachers, I would never want to be in their shoes. Like they have to teach to an entire class. Well, right. we, had that flexibility of teaching to that individual so and then when the entire class for the most part is grasping the outline of a persuasive essay and the select few are not it's very difficult for that teacher to stop when everyone else is ready to move on but it's also difficult for those students to be the reason why everything has stopped and then they feel that pressure so for what what i did we just did persuasive paragraphs for like four months. What is your favorite dessert? The best dessert is cookies. Cookies are the best dessert because they are delicious. Moreover, they are bite-sized. Furthermore, mm -hmm. they are gooey. In conclusion, if you're looking for a dessert, it should be a cookie. And that was just our like outline format. What was your favorite TV show? Your favorite superhero? And we just did that over and over again. And then we made a favorites essay and we just combined all of our paragraphs that we wrote already. And then they were finally like, oh, I get it. Now I know what I'm supposed to do. But they just required it broken down further and more repetitions, which they weren't able to get in the classroom. So had I not been my little glorified English teacher, then I wouldn't have, then they wouldn't feel as confident and maybe not have progressed to the fifth grade. No, it's to totally true. And what we have to do a better job of, and I personally do as well, is letting these teachers know that, like, what we're one, what we're working on in our closets, and two, that, like, yes, that student who, like, yes, they might be expecting that student to write that that essay, but that let them know that you have been working on the paragraph level, and let them just do that when it's there. Like, even though you're asked, like, give them a modified assignment. Like, we need to, like, advocate for our students that it's okay to, like, give them a modified assignment. Yes, they're expected to do it. Like, if you have to grade them on grade level, yes, they're below grade level. But they are still progressing for themselves. We already knew that they're below grade level. Like, exactly. So, it's, so when I hear that over and over again, I'm like, this is not new news. We would not be here if this individual were on grade level. So why are we giving them the same thing that the grade level students are getting? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> getting them up for failure, people. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. So then what is your what are your feelings in terms of when somebody is like, oh, I'm not a reading teacher. So and they have speech therapy goals that are strictly for our production and following directions. So although they're behind in reading and they're not scoring above a two on their standardized writing assessment, the SLP is like, oh, but these are their goals. I have to adhere to this IEP, and I am not an English teacher. The, those teachers can work on that. Do you, what are your opinions there? Well, there's two factors. One, I would look back at the testing, and was there anything else that they were weak in? Um, obviously, if you're doing you know, an initial testing, you're not just giving the Goldman Frisco. You're going to give some sort of language assessment. And if not, especially in the school setting, I feel like how are you proving that is academically relevant? Like they are. Like I feel like you need to have more oomph. Right. But um, two, even like I do have students on my case, so I typically have a lot of mixed groups. So yes, I might have a student working on R, but they're in a group with language students. And guess what? They're doing the language tasks too because they're benefiting from it. I let them one, either be my role models for the rest of the group. Like if they are shining, like, you know, teach the others how to do it while, you know, using your R words while saying it. But also like they might also be on the weaker end. It might not be their like weakest area, but they can benefit from the practice too. So they can just build their confidence if anything. So like 
there's two factors. One, I will look at the testing and wonder why that student does not have a language goal, like especially if they, you inherited that student and you're like, mm, there should be something more. I would look back and don't be afraid to like amend or like informally add your own goal if needed. But if they are on your caseload and they really don't have a language goal and you sense that there might be some sort of comprehension weakness, incorporate it like informally, like while you're doing an R task, do throw, get a reading passage that's bombarded with R and work on some other goals at the same sense. Like popular letter. Especially when you were, I mean, I, I work with the older ones. So by the time they get to me, the old, the, the other sounds have kind of been fixed already, but they couldn't fix the R yet. So they right. come, come to me with R. <laughs> yeah. And so going back to what you were saying, so, so not being afraid to amend. So going back to that, um, you don't know, generally, nobody knows who really wrote that goal and why they wrote it and what stage of the game in their career they were based on what information or based on what timeline or deadline that they wrote that goal. Mm -hmm. so, We've I, all been there. Guilty as charged. Yeah. So I just think that like you're doing yourself a disservice and also that child a disservice if you are so blindly adhering to an IEP. Now I'm not trying to discredit the IEP because obviously it is a legal document that must be followed. But at the same time, as you mentioned, like my groups are mixed too. So if one kid's speech and the other kid's language, everyone's doing the same poem. Everyone's doing the same rhyming activity. And there are R's in there. So at that rate, you know, we do need to work on R at the sentence level mm -hmm. or the phrase level or the paragraph level. So I justify it in terms of that. So maybe somebody was able to identify rhyming words with 80% accuracy and somebody else was able to produce, you know, star, car, bar, tar mm -hmm. with 70% accuracy. We did the same activity. Exactly. Everyone had their own goals with the same activity. I completely agree. And also the other thing is think of those goals on the IEP, those are annual goals. You don't need to be working on that goal every single session. You can be working on benchmark, like, uh, you know, session objectives to get to that. So like, yes, you know, your end goal is to get that student to be producing, you know, R, but if they're not comprehending, you know, the vocabulary words that that R is in, you know, shouldn't you address that first? So. Right, because then how will they generalize it if they're not like, oh, a car is actually a vehicle that I drive. But for me, like maybe I auditorily can't discriminate that sound. So I don't even hear a car and picture a car. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't connect those two because whatever my sound um, discrimination abilities are for, for like, it's, is this, so I have these kids, I just moved to this new apartment. And these kids, they're always talking to me through the, the fence. And they're like, we're, we're one, we're one yard apart. And I was like, we're one yard apart. And then they're like, no, we're brothers. We're one yard apart. And I was like, oh, you're one year apart. And then he's like, no, I'm six. He's seven. My mom says we're one yard apart. And he, so he understood that as one yard apart. He thinks that he, whatever one yard apart is, that's what he is. He does not know that it's one year apart, meaning that there is a year between their birthdays. But like, she, he's heard that so many times, like a song you think you know the lyrics to, but you don't. Mm -hmm. That's what that kid thought he was telling me. And he, and he heard it in so many adult conversations that he said it very confidently, <laughs> one yard apart. <laughs> like, but you have an SLP ear and you were able to figure out, you know, using your context clues, but. <laughs> yeah, but so like, that's how I feel in terms of like, okay, so yeah, we can work on every R word that there is, but if we don't understand what that word means, then we're not going to generalize that to anything because we don't know how to use it in a sentence because we don't have context for it. And that's where we have the flexibility of, we don't have a curriculum. We can yeah. stop what we're doing and work on that vocabulary and building their background knowledge or whatever it is you're working on so that, you know, they can be successful with our later on, you know, by the end of the school year, whatever your goal was. So that's why I love being an SLP because then it's like, oh, I can stop everything I'm doing and then shift gears to that. I don't have any sort of like 
deadline I have to meet in terms of like the state testing is coming up next week. We need to make sure that we're accomplishing like X, Y, and Z, whatever. I feel bad for teachers. I could never do it. No. And that's why I hate when SLPs are asked to like submit lesson plans because, and I always like, anytime I get like grad students, I'm like, it's always good. You always want to plan. You always have to be okay with straying from the plan. Like, right. yes, if a principal is observing, you're collecting like a lesson plan, give them something. But like in the heat of the moment, like who cares? Like stray from the plan. Right. What's best for the students is what's best for the students. Exactly. As long as you maintain your integrity and you're like, I'm straying from this subject because I have found a different avenue we can go down, which will be beneficial. But I also, so now like, you know, we have to maintain our integrity. And I have seen people kind of like maybe have too long of a casual conversation or take their time putting out a board game or, uh, you know, give way too much free time at the end of the session and things along the lines of that. And I don't think that's, um, I don't want to SLP shame, but what I think that is, it's kind of like lack of confidence within themselves. You know, it's like, oh, let me let me like waste time a little bit because I don't know where to go from here. Because, mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, adhering to the goals in the IEP and being so rigid in that capacity could really limit a person because they're like, oh, I only had this activity and, and we're only supposed to work on present progressive um, in pictured actions and categories and R and we did all of those. So and we've all been guilty of doing that every once yeah. in a while, but the best thing for that is one, the students don't even know that we finished early or that we're fumbling. They don't know. So as long as you keep that smile on your face and act like you're confident, like so many times I'm like, okay, now we're going to play Simon Says. And it's <laughs> because we're going to work on some following directions. I'm going to throw some prepositions in there to throw, you know, like, because we were working on prepositions the last, the other 25 minutes. So now I'm going to throw in something else. And like, as long, as long as you have like some of those like random activities like on the top of your head or like I always keep like a little stash uh, like a dice next to my therapy table or a dry erase marker so I can quickly make like a tic-tac-toe game or everyone's gonna right. roll the dice and you know whatever number you get you get to be the leader or what whatever it is like always have that like backup plan ready to go because these things happen so many times like you might even do the same lesson with three different groups and one group will take like 30 minutes and the next group it took 10 then what yeah that's like the story of my life kind of because i i i do enjoy planning but i plan in terms of um a bunch of different language activities just according to theme and then like everyone will do it generally but not everyone has to do everything so if i i feel like somebody's going to benefit from like my analogy sheet, then they'll do it. But mm -hmm. if I feel like, you know, that's too hard for them or they would be better off somewhere else then they just don't do it, but it's there for them. It's a waste of paper, but it's there. Um, so I always, I like to plan in that way, but then at the same time, you know, just as long as you have Jenga and markers, I feel like you are set. Mm -hmm. And then doing all of these, glorified English tasks. I think that they have familiarized me even more so of those types of like academic requirements that I hadn't had to think about since I was required to do them. So like, I didn't always know like, you know, possessive as, uh, like, no, I didn't know that, but like, um, possessive pronouns like I'm like his and hers like I didn't even always think about that but then I could see it on paper and I'd be like oh that's what a possessive pronoun is so when you work on that all the time it just becomes second like you remember it and then you're mm -hmm. like oh I know how to integrate that into this so even though something might sound like so grammar heavy or so just like comprehension heavy and it doesn't sound like on the surface that it's speech and language therapy I just think that if you take a deeper look, you can see how, as an SLP, we can help in, in that task. Totally, and also think about why they're struggling in those areas. Is it because of their vocabulary? It's because of their listening comprehension? It's because of their memory? What is causing them to struggle? Right, yeah, I agree. All right, well, I'm glad that uh, we settled that debate then. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you, are you are you aspirating over there? I was <laughs> aspirating a little bit, so I muted the uh, microphone so that you didn't have my coughing on the. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so you didn't have to like edit that out or anything like that. Oh yeah, I don't edit, but yeah, I would have just left <laughs> the cough in there. <laughs> well, if people listening in their cars, they don't really want to hear me coughing and choking. Probably, probably. And it was on water, not even the wine. So, for uh, the record. <laughs> Wait, I think I heard that wine, oh, I don't know if this is accurate, though. Like, <laughs> wine is not thin liquid, considered, or maybe sparkly, I don't or know. Or was that a meme? I don't even think that was real. Oh, yeah, it was a meme, then. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone was just trying to justify, Sorry. I don't know. Something like, wine is safer than water. But in the end, you know, right, after a day of work, whether we're at SLP or meeting teacher, we all just come home and have a glass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's taller than other nights, but yeah. yes. All right. Well, um, we do like to do motivational quotes on our show, and I, I didn't prepare you for that prior, but if you have like a quote or a mantra, something that like you tell yourself, or you have one right behind your head, actually. I do. It's the dreams don't work unless you do. <laughs> That's behind my head. I needed wall art. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I also like SLP wise, like I always do say to myself, like, as long as like I have fun, my students will too. Like, that's my mantra. Like you got to find the fun in some of it. Like you can't be like, oh, even like the worst days ever. Like even when my, you know, children, when my daughters were newborns and I was back at work and I was running off of no sleep. Like I just had to chug that coffee, put the smile on my face and push forward and realize like I am there to help, you know? So that's my mantra is like, uh, yes, dreams are working unless you do, but when you do have to go to work and I'm just kidding. I agree, <laughs> just have fun, have fun with it, you know? That's all you can do. I always, I, I feel like I'm always saying like, as long as you pick activities that are intrinsically motivating to you, then the kids are going to enjoy it because they enjoy being with you. So true. And so I like to use poems in speech a lot, but maybe other people don't love poems like I love poems. So if they were to do even the exact verbatim thing that I'm doing, it wouldn't be as effective because they don't like it like I do. Like I mm -hmm. picked that. Not only do I love poems, but I picked that poem. So it's like not just any poem, that poem. And if you pick the poem and you're like, okay, guys, I know this is the worst poem ever, but we have to do it. Right. Your students are going to be like, no, no. I'm not going to. Yeah. I want to go back to class. Yeah. No right. negative disclaimers. <laughs> Everyone should get rid of those too. That's probably, that'll be my tip or trick for this episode. No negative show everyone thanks for listening to slp's wine and cheese we have new episodes every week so be sure to subscribe also we'd appreciate it if you would review us on itunes if you love the show and want more bonus content please check us out at patreon.com slash slp's wine and cheese <laughs>